0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 97 of the Archaeologist Podcast, a show where we discuss everything and anything that has to do with Ark Survival Evolved. I'm your host, Sean D. Knight, and with me are a number of players that are here to offer their insights and opinions on the latest topics, strategies, and upcoming features or patches. As I call our participants for tonight, say hello to the listeners and how many hours you have in ARK. Rico.
1: Howdy, y'all. I believe I'm cresting around 4920 right now. And late day. Hey, uh...
2: 3,980.
0: Uh, this week's patch has the official PvP community tr- frothing at the mouth as the Titan comes to scorched earth, and the arthro can now destroy metal and tech structures. If that weren't enough, Small Tribe servers will be turned into cl- small clusters. In the wake of Sony's Fortnite fiasco, Wildcard reiterates that cross-platform will not be a thing for the PlayStation, and the fresh servers have been released into the official network. But before we get to all that, let's hit up the YouTube comments. Kevin Eagle Wolf Boy writes, To the person asking for six-man tribes for PvE, screw you. Understand that most of the players are on at this time are about one to five people in tribes. Some tribe leaders are in the PvE in my day, were in panic mode each day, as well as Jack at times not allowing you to get your personal dinos as well when it was coming down to doing bosses. Uh, I don't care that you won six-man tribes. It would be in poor taste for PvE than it already is. Sorry this sounds like a rant, but I know what it's like on PvE, and it isn't rainbows and sunshine.
1: You know, I've always heard that PvE is even more toxic than PvP, which I find hard to imagine, and yet somehow I'm willing to believe.
0: I feel like it's a paradise for those who are passive-aggressive.
1: Yeah, probably. (laughs)
0: And then he also writes, For the devs saying they will do things that they won't uh, doesn't benefit them in any shape or form, but to have more programmers in their company. So no more talk to talk, but they got to walk the walk. Now Next Generation Gaming writes, Hmm, you mentioned my lag being possibly related to the server. I was on the Crystal Isles map, so maybe the map is just unoptimized. It is still being worked on after all. I'll try hopping back onto the island, as that's where I got my 60 to 90 frames per second. I did try removing shadows, though, and got no results. Anti-aliasing is usually the biggest culprit in my experiences, but if I turn that off, well, let's just say there's more than one way to play Pixar. (laughs) (laughs) Strangest thing, though, I noticed that if I alt-tab, I run window borderless and don't return to the game for a few minutes. When I come back, everything is fine for about a minute or two, and then slowly goes back to lagging when I rotate my camera. Maybe this is due to my PCD rendering distant textures or something while alt-tabbed? Sounds like it might be that memory leak still going around. Yeah, that, yeah. That,
2: that's a big clue about the window border.
1: And actually, I will say this. Um, you know, since you are, uh, since he is playing on a um, non-official server, I've played a lot of... I've play, been playing some of those maps. That's actually where I'm getting most of my hours these days is testing out random maps just to see if maybe I want to join one of those servers just for something different. Mm-hmm. They're never optimized because at most it's three four guys doing the whole map and there's overlapping textures there's weird shortcuts and a lot of it makes sense if you're trying to just get the map out there and then go back and fix it later which is right. exactly what the arc devs did except when you're doing it for free in your spare time and it's only a few guys getting back to it later is a lot later
0: yeah definitely so I go it, oh, go ahead well I
2: was just going to say at least for me with my nvidia card um I kind of find that I get good performance going forwards and backwards, but when I rotate, as the commenter was saying, that's when I get a big lag spike because mm-hmm. it's loading in these objects that I guess were unloaded because they were behind me.
0: Yeah. You ever, uh, for anybody who played Rage, the way they did rendering was pretty bad and very noticeable so that if you just started turning around, you saw the uh, the textures of the structures just rendering in when you actually finally look in the direction that they were supposed to be. They weren't fully rendered be yeah, it was in a, the area. Yeah, it it was, was an odd so, effect. Ugh, I hated it so much. It seemed well, a oh, see game they, well,
1: Hopefully they'll have it fixed by Rage 2 because that was a thing we never asked for.
0: <laughs> so that's interesting about Rage 2. I enjoyed the book. Bu- I read the book before I played the game and I enjoyed the book's story a lot more than whatever story they had in the game. The plot for Rage was very disappointing if you played it but the book was actually alright.
1: I haven't read the book, although uh, about the the game, I got halfway through it and went, huh, kind of feels like it just finished the prologue.
0: Yeah. (laughs) All right. uh, Next Generation Gaming continues to write, as for an unrelated note, I was thinking about Scorched Earth today, and I think we can all agree the biggest reason why no one makes a permanent base there is because of generator decay. I get what Wildcard was trying to do with this, but they implemented one tiny feature only halfway. You can set a generator to turn on or if all of the power is cut, like in the case that a wind turbine turns off. However, every single generator will turn on in this case, and none of them will ever turn back off. So I posed as a question, if the generators turned back off after the windmills kicked back on, do you think it would, be, it would kick some life back into this map? What he's absolutely happen? right.
2: Yeah, he's absolutely right. So that just drive me crazy about the way the auto shut off mm-hmm. on the generators work.
0: It's so stupid that if they they included this mechanic of generator decay, but they don't give a mechanic for generators to turn kick off kick on depending on whether the windmill is functioning or not. That that would have kept people playing on the map a lot longer than they would have than they have been. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, the the generator decay was. I hate, it. it's the one thing, and I love Scorched, but mm-hmm. that was the thing that bugged me the most.
0: Yeah, nobody wants to go back every six to eight hours to repair a freaking generator or risk losing power to your base. It already loses power every time there's an electrical storm in your area. Uh, he finally finishes saying, also another interesting idea, what if ARK switched from a binary power-on, power-off system to a charge-level system complete with battery boxes? on the everyday life side it would be one of those rare updates that actually hits larger tribes harder than smaller ones albeit very slightly as more oil would be needed for upkeep on the pvp side it would actually make raiding harder because people would have to not only kill all the generators which would be more abundant in order to keep up with power demands but also find the battery box or boxes which i ma- which i imagine would be silent so they would be harder to find
2: yeah actually so uh, he, he's probably drawing from uh, space engineers because they have a battery mechanic. Mm-hmm. But that's a fairly really good point. It'd be a power source. Maybe it doesn't last as long as a generator, but you couldn't hear it. That That's an interesting idea.
0: I like that idea.
1: Uh, I mean, yeah. they already sort of ha- uh, they've already sort of tested the water with that, with the uh, ability to power a turret with a... A battery? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. That's a good point.
0: <laughs> and finally, Tom Matushka writes, To be honest, six men should be retired like the failure they they are. They take too much out of the what? game and re- use up too many resources, moderating them to be worth it. Plus, maybe all the people throwing a fit about how hard ARC is will finally leave. I, uh, is there any
2: indication that Six Man's a failure? Dude, I thought it was really it's
0: a successful. success right now. There's been a nice uptick in the uh, number of players playing ARC, and the, as far as I know, the service is still pretty popular.
1: The funny thing is, I've uh, talked to a couple people who play ARC that have just. They, they just stay there. They, don't, they like the early game more than the late game, and mm-hmm. they can do the stuff they want to do on the six-man, and what combat is there is a lot more... It's a lot more the way a lot of people used to imagine the fights would be in this game before they played it.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I, as far as I know, all the small tribe servers are pretty uh, well populated, with maybe a couple small exceptions. Maybe he just doesn't like them personally. Alright, uh, let's move on to threads, tweets. So, on Reddit, Life Sculpture asked the question, How to manage a tribe filled with loose cannons? And he writes, My tribe is of five people. Me and my brother are competent at the game. We understand quite a bit and recently have got a lot of stuff done. We have farmed a lot, built up a sizable base, and started having some above average lines. We are actually very well off in the server we're playing on. We're established and thriving, although we aren't as powerful as the other big tribes on the server just yet. There's only one issue, though. Three of our members are loose cannons, and although they do farm for resources and tame stuff, they do very stupid, reckless things. Without me and my brother, this tribe would be lost. One friend lies all the time. He lies about all kinds of things. Sometimes it's about little things that don't matter, and others it's about stuff that does matter. Sometimes he steals loot from raids or from the bodies of the people I kill. He also likes to spark wars by leaving dinos outside on the beach so people people attack them. He also likes to build bait bases to pe- so people raid them. He basically wants to raid 24-7. He's the kind of fellow that would, would even break into a thatched base to kill somebody. My other friend claims to have many mental illnesses, one being bipolar. He mouths off at people over global chat over little things they say when it's not even something to get angry about. He claims he can't control his anger. We made rules when we started to not speak in global chat unless it's absolutely necessary, but he ignores this rule. He makes everyone in the server think we're hostile jerks by the stuff he says in global chat. Our current server consists of like four power tribes, us being one of those tribes, but we have been pretty tolerant to each other over the weeks. My friend started a war with one of those tribes today, however. He attacked and killed one of their tribe members by accident as he thought they were a weaker tribe who tried to raid us a few hours ago. That tribe has now killed a a fair few of our tames, so now we can't back out of the war with them. He is also very toxic to talk to, and is especially toxic to my brother by randomly insulting him, and then claiming it was just a joke that my brother shouldn't be so angry about. The final problem tribe member isn't too bad, he's new to the game and does a lot of taming. My only issue with him is he tames a lot of stuff and often leaves those tames outside in the open so people end up killing them. He also recently started mimicking the first friend I mentioned, as he has been making unprotected bases on the beach, so people raid them. He also doesn't listen, and I expect he has ADHD. Me and my brother have put a lot of time and effort into this game. It feels like we are the only people in our tribe that understand the political part of the game. Everyone else wants the PvP and kill on sight. I keep reminding them that if we do that, the whole server would team up against us, like they did the last, like they did to the last jerks of the server, but they just don't seem to understand it. They also don't mind losing all our hard work, as they didn't build everything up. Whenever they force our hand into raiding, they just sit there and stare at the enemy's base and wait for us to do something smart. Too many times they have had to rely on me and my brother using our common sense to raid. It's ridiculous. I don't even enjoy raiding anymore. I used to, but now it feels like a chore. It often feels like me and my brother are the only people in our tribe who actually use our brains. I can't kick them as we are friends in real life, and it would damage our friendship. I feel as if all my hard work is being wasted I am struggling to manage our tribe recently as they are becoming more and more out of control and seem to be self-destructed. Anyone ever had to deal with these kinds of tribe members?
1: What did you do? Well, we we kicked the people that reminded me of two.
0: Yeah, I
2: was going to say, and I know the position he's in, he's saying that they're real-life friends or whatever, but I think the reality is, unless the people you're playing with have at least some overlapping goals... You're constantly going to be going and trying to go in different directions. Yeah, you got two distinct play styles there. One where you pretty much just want to go kill everything you see, and one where you're trying to build up and be play the politics game. I don't think those two are going to be compatible.
0: They never are.
2: So maybe one thing that you do is you don't necessarily kick it for the drive, but you know you become less active and play something else
0: for a little while,
2: or and you know they'll eventually self destruct or get bored on their own. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Uh, it's tough, especially for these guys, since they're, they say that all of them are in real life friends. The first two, personally, I would kicked. The third one, I would try to reason with it, possible. Yeah, I and think I'd, the third one's kick coachable. his butt too, because yeah, the third one's your...
1: definitely salvageable. The second one, nah. I mean, if you're really good friends, I don't know, and he's like that in real life, and you can actually, you know, beat the sense into him. Otherwise, yeah, gotta get rid of him.
0: Mhm. Oh yeah. So, it's tough, it really is, but, you know, we had to do that quite a bit, of, or quite a few times in our tribe.
1: It was always difficult when it was people who were uh, friends in real life in the group, though, because mm-hmm. you never know if you. because, I mean, sometimes, especially if you don't know them that, uh, as well as they know each other, you end up having to get rid of lots of people.
0: Yep, this is true. But it boils down to, well, if this person is going to bring the tribe down, or bring a lot of heat on the tribe that will get the tribe destroyed, well, you can't keep them.
1: Yeah, in the end, that's all you really have to work with.
0: Yeah. Now, for a game like this, it's about the good of the tribe, not good of your relationship. If you wanted, cared about your relationship, probably you knew these guys were like this, you probably shouldn't play with them in real life.
2: Yeah, what about giving them tribe owner and then going off to go join another tribe on the same server?
0: Yeah. Leave them everything, or at least take some stuff to reform somewhere else, or join another tribe of like-minded individuals. And then wipe their because <laughs> they're going to come
1: for you. <laughs> yeah, probably <laughs>
0: Because that happened to us quite a few times too
1: Yeah, unfortunately The, the whole thing of uh, No matter how much you want to be the good guy Sometimes if you want to be the good guy You have to accept that it's going to hurt mm-hmm. I, I learned uh, I, I knew that one altogether too well How often, you know, we're going to do this right We're not going to be the a- you, mean, you know that means we're going to have to establish watches Because they're going to attack in like a mm-hmm. week, right? Yeah, I and know. the
0: thing about scorpions, they always stay true to their nature. And they'll give you the, the perfect reason to wipe them and kill them. And squash them. All right, let's move on. Frank on Reddit uh, talks about BS wrapping mechanics and writes, Hey, I just got raided in the most stupid way possible. I had a metal base by a waterfall, and it was pretty decently defended. I made pillars three walls high with spiked walls in front and a bunch of ceilings in a line full of plan X turrets. And automated turrets at the back and underwater to prevent getting raided from rafts or scuba. Uh, So then, or scuba C4. So so then, this guy makes a wooden raft and a bunch of sealants in a line, sort of like a hallway, and drives the raft through the pillars that I made and through my base. Then dismounts his raft, and now he's inside my base without triggering a single turret shot, and placed C4 inside my base and blew it up in a matter of seconds. I find this very stupid, I understand it's PvP and all, and I wouldn't mind getting raided by competent mechanics like dino's tank of my turrets, people suicide bombing slowly to destroy my walls, but the fact that the raft glitches through my entire base which took me about 6 hours to make ticks me off to the point of uninstalling this game. It does not make sense for a raft to ignore unit collision and let a player inside a walled up and gated with pillars in front right in front of my base. He made that raft in 10 minutes and raided a 6 hour base due to the poor effort that the developers put into the game mechanics. Absolutely disappointing, and I would love for the art team to work on the game mechanics and trash building system instead of making more maps. There are far too many stupid bugs in this game that have years that have been around for years without being fixed, and these raft mechanics are absolutely BS. They go to rocks, ignore the wall, pillars, gates, and even players and dinos, etc he's not wrong
1: yeah I mean, he's, not right. Wrong. he's right
2: he's right 100 percent there but i think he, the reality is you just kind of have to design your base around these glitchy uh cheesy mechanics well total. he
0: did for the most part because he had layers he had uh, spike walls and then he had pillars and then he had a raft uh a line of uh ceilings as well from what i got so there's like three rows here but the guy made it so that he extended the the cockboat design so it goes through all of that you know the the boat collision of, Is something that really needs to be worked on by Walker because it's been you know abused all this time You know, it's always a bad idea to have your base built next to or close to water Seems
2: like Mm -hmm. you should be able to fix it pretty easily I mean these boats are possible because how far out from the boat you can extend your build if they Further and I know this is irritate a lot of raft builders including myself But if they further constrain how far out from the base raft you could build I think it would solve the problem
0: mm-hmm yeah all right sarcasm Chutsu writes wildcard are you trying to bury small tribe servers and he writes i started to play Ark when primitive plus came out and the past noobish me enjoyed the experience a lot Ark is a very complex game with a lot of features and time-consuming activities that prevent players from discovering the meta remember your first base you wanted some small stone base with one to two teams and worked hard to get four auto turrets thinking your base is now secure After 2,000 hours into the game, your only base design you can think of is a metal cube and turret sandwiches and a turret sandwich, and you are probably aware that 10 minutes of offline raiding will undo you. My point is that after 4,000 plus hours, this is the first time I can legitimately say I enjoy the game because there are multiple factors why it's fun. First of all, it's constant times 3, he's talking about the small tribe service now. Game doesn't pressure me to play during events, so I don't feel like wasting my life during times 1. The six-man cap is perfect and enables even a solo player to maintain some base if he doesn't build on flashy locations. Having a lot of options to travel, this is important for many reasons. People without DLC have enough choices to choose from. If I choose a bad or hostile server, I can simply choose another one. Need more options where to pick up artifacts for boss fights, dodge servers that are in control of strong tribes. Having multiple servers makes people consider their options. If you're an established tribe, you need to be worried about multiple threats from different servers. There is an incentive to play. If the cluster is too small, a handful of tribes will make a cross-server truce and dominate the cluster. This post reacts to the announcement that small tribe servers are to be changed into small clusters. Nobody plays small clusters. If you wish to add new servers so other people can start over, please just add new servers, instead of destroying the ones that actually work for the first time since forever. You have said that the reason behind this is that people are getting wiped from the other servers. On clusters, it's going to be worse. You have made this game favorable for offline raiding and economy that enables total wipe in an hour. Don't be shocked that people are getting wiped. So, Wildcard Christopher did respond to this saying, The primary reason for this change is to prevent massive virtual alphas across the network. We've seen the underpinnings of these foremen and believe that their sacrifice in breath is worth it to attack this at a system level. All in all, we think it's paramount to the longevity of small tribes to prevent alpha-level behavior, even if it has a cost associated with it. I'm not
2: sure I follow uh, the logic here. So, their concern, or what they're trying to defeat, is virtual alphas operating without cross arc, Mm -hmm. or virtual alphas on a single server.
0: Virtual alphas working across multiple servers in coordination.
2: So, how is that... How is enabling the transfers thereby making them easier to coordinate?
0: Well, the trans, them. so right now the small tribe is you can transfer from any server, any small tribe server to any other small tribe server. They want to turn it into clusters, so I don't know how they would make it maybe have six or ten, six to ten. Ser- oh, I misunderstood. Servers. I thought they yeah. were talking about,
2: okay. I thought they were talking about making every small tribe server just open transfer, but it's pretty much already like that is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. So they're going to restrict how much you can transfer.
1: Oh, okay. That, that actually That's does make I more mean, sense. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Still seems like they're trying to fix a problem that, uh, how, to, how to put this, um, they should have known about.
0: Well, here's something that Wildcard Chris should know about. He, In another response to somebody else in the uh, Reddit, he said, an easy thing to overlook is the limit to how high level a tribe can be with only six people. I'm not convinced that a single small tribe will be able to hold a single server, let alone a cluster. <laughs> yeah, you don't think that, huh? They really don't play their own game. They really don't. Yeah, he's in for a rude awakening. And how does he not, How do they not think there will be an alpha on a six-man tr- server? That what? That's another thing I don't get.
2: Yeah, you know, they must be seeing something that we're not. That's the only thing I can think of. Yes, it's called their imagination.
0: <laughs> it's called delusion. I was
2: thinking more along the lines of logs, server logs, and debug logs. But okay,
0: <laughs> I don't know. uh Maybe we need to get some uh, people who's playing on the small tribe servers to sound off on what their experience is right now. Okay. Um. So on the official forums, Doctor or DJ Ron eighty nine wrote. Would it be right for one to assume crossplay won't be available between the Nintendo switch and other platforms because of how the way Xbox and Windows 10 are only compatible with one another because they run the same version? Abstraction game ports Arc over to the PS4, so if the Nintendo Switch version uses the same third party, is crossplay a possibility between those two platforms? And to this, Walcard Chris replied, "I'm not sure PS4 will ever be crossplay compatible with any game." We tried back in the day and they said no. Also, a few weeks ago, there was a lot of publicity as Fortnite wanted crossplay with PS4 and they refused. Microsoft even joined up with Nintendo to release some marketing images, basically making fun of PS4 for not allowing crossplay. I hope Sony do, does eventually open up their system, but I can't see it happening anytime soon.
2: This is Sony's policy 100%. It's not a technological yes, problem.
0: It's not. It's all Sony. I
2: think it's very misguided, too.
0: Well, they're, they're being very greedy this generation because previous generations, they've been uh, all about cross-platform play. Uh, not very much, but for games that did support it, you know, it happened. But this time, this generation, they're really uh, holding that back because they've got their their stupid service going on right now. Uh, what is it, PlayStation View or something where you can stream games and play them?
1: Oh, PlayStation
0: Now, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's one of the major reasons why they don't have a cross-platform and don't want cross-platform as a feature on their system. It's all about the money. All right. Community Crunch 138 is out. Um, They finally released a dossier, and it's the creature we saw in the trailer, that big old Titan. So uh, nothing new on that front. Uh, Yay,
1: something we already knew about. Yay.
0: Well, what did the
2: dossier say? I mean, I haven't read, I haven't looked at it
0: yet. Well, it doesn't say anything. It's it's just a picture. It's the fracture one, so you, yeah. Gotcha,
1: gotcha. It's a mystery dossier. It's not much of a mystery. We've already seen it, but...
0: (laughs) But hey, whatever. All right, uh, they've got a new bug reporting system for uh, PC and Steam only, so you guys can... Report bugs, any trouble you come across within the game itself. Uh, It'll ask for what type of issue is this, a bug, a balance, map, animation, other. Uh, Ask what map are you on or what game mode you're playing, what server you're on. How often does this occur? Are you using mods? Then describe what mods you're using and you can put in a, even talk about a full description of what is going on. So it's uh, fairly in-depth. Report those bugs, people. They'll eventually get to them.
1: Eventually.
0: Yep. <laughs> uh, but once again, that's only for PC bugs. Now uh, they've got some upcoming maintenance that, like I said, small tribe servers. They are going to be having the um, transfer system changed. So they write after reading feedback about our small tribes players. One of the concerns we've seen is transfers. While we don't want to disable them altogether. We've made the decision to cluster off the small tribe servers. This means that each server will be on a separate transfer group from the others, with eight to ten other servers and each of the maps represented in each cluster. In the future, these small tribe servers will be added into new clusters as to prevent already existent and established tribes from transferring onto them immediately when they are released.
2: Yep. So uh, this process comment. Yeah.
0: This process is gonna take place on July sixteenth. And they will be taking these servers down to make it happen. And uh, I think they have a list of the clusters that you can check on the Community Crunch as well for those who are curious to see what they will be paired with. In addition, uh, oh, actually, this has already happened. There was a uh, upcoming maintenance last week for a bunch of servers. Though uh, this past week, we also saw the fresh servers be integrated into the main network. And unsurprisingly, a lot of ratings started happening. No, no, who would have thought? Oh <laughs> yes, it was uh, Armageddon for a lot of the <laughs> for the, a lot of the fresh surfers who got who got that nice old "How you doing, boys?" That welcome from Official Network. Yay! We may or may not have participated in some of that, but I will not care to confirm or deny that. <laughs> Uh what else? I think that's pretty much it. There was another community uh Twitch stream again. I did not get a chance to watch it. And then uh there was the fourth of July event which had maturation rates and well in addition to the harvesting rates. And I'm gonna assume we won't have another uh Evo weekend this coming weekend, I'll probably skip this and point go into the next All right, so uh, Patch Notes, version 280.130, and this shakes up uh, PvP a bit. Now, uh, they raised the Scorched Earth Consumable Lifetime to 90% from 30% of default, so things won't spoil as quickly on Scorched Earth anymore. But in addition to that, they added the Titan, or added Titan spawns to Scorched Earth. So now we got Titans.
1: As in Titanosaurus?
0: Yes. Why?
2: Uh, It was for cleanup, I think. To make it easier to clean up the spam.
0: Yeah, well, now all people have to do is wait for an electrical storm, have the Titan ready, and go to town.
1: Yeah, that's... that. that they don't we'll play see. their own game. We'll see.
0: Plant Z fruits can no longer soak turrets, so that's a good thing. They fixed the server stall. stall. Here's something they did. I think it was last week or the week before... Or Whenever we did the um, extinction trailer analysis, well, I brought up the idea of are we finally going to see a dino that's going to chomp through metal? Well, we're not seeing a new dino, but the Pleura can uh, now damage stone, metal, and tech structures.
2: What I really like about this change is it kind of harkens back to something we talked about several podcasts ago about giving older dinosaurs uh, new capabilities.
0: Yes. Still, but I am tech. surprised. I, that really took me by surprise. I was not expecting tech structures to be uh, damaged by a dino.
1: I can I can see certain kinds of tech, but I mean, I mean, I suppose it a uh, high grade acid. Yeah, but it's, it's not a solution the solution to the spam problem. Yeah, but it's it the really bite.
0: Is. So it's not the range attack. It's just you have to bite it physically with your uh, centipede to do any damage to the structure. So
1: you've got to ride your centipede up to their wall and bite their tech wall. mm Hmm. I don't and think that's going to be a very common thing.
0: It's going to be very
1: useful for offline raiding. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> Isn't everything?
0: Yeah. Though it could possibly be good for uh, raiding. It, you probably have to protect it somehow with a um, like a Paraster or a Bronto to cover it and protect it from sniper fire or something like that. It, it'll be interesting to see how uh, PvP is going to change to adapt with the centipede being used. But uh, it'll take five times explosive damage and three times range damage now as well. So it's going to be uh, easier to kill.
2: Yeah, that's too bad.
0: And then they fixed element exploit on the island. And then uh, only log tribes over player cap on tribe capped servers. This is for small tribe uh, servers. for so people I trying to get read that
2: twice. I, I read that twice. I still didn't quite understand what that meant.
0: Yeah, it's really it's weirded very strangely, but I'm pretty sure it means that they're trying, it's, they've It's they implemented something so that you can't have more than six players in the tribe, which is what some people were tr- getting around, it seems. But uh, yeah, so we've got the Titan now on Scorched Earth, and uh, obviously they didn't think about how this would affect the map when storms occurred, but uh, Jat on Reddit addressed this, saying, we're aware of the impact of lightning storms on the Titan. It's something we're actively thinking about and there may be more changes in upcoming updates related to the two. How is it they didn't think about this in the first place is beyond me. They're actively thinking about it, though. Yeah, actively, actively. Thinking. that that means something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actively <laughs> thinking about it. All I know is that there's going to be a lot of base, uh, servers wiped before they stop actively thinking about it and <laughs> actively do it. <laughs> Speaking of just a server, we need to go visit uh, late day.
1: Oh, I, I know of a few.
0: Mm. Uh, th- just the one, the one we played on. That's the one I'm thinking of.
1: You <laughs> know what Wade... that just occurred to me about the Titan? What? The, the standard method of taming it still involves a Quetzal and a cannon, right? Yeah. Okay. And Scorched has what? Oh, right, you can transfer them on. Now, never mind. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> God. You know, if, if they'd been before you could transfer those on, this wouldn't be anywhere near as bad. It's actually kind of interesting.
0: Alright, well, it is time to put on our sandals and wade through the sand dunes of debate on Ark Avenue.
1: That just didn't flow well.
0: Eh, I can't They can't all be winners. Winners? But uh, this was inspired by Will1707, who wrote, Help a Noob, General Tips and How to Lose the Fear of Leaving the Beach. And he writes, so, like probably many, I get the game on Steam sale. After managing to get it on, to run on my PC, I find myself enjoying it. About 15 hours later, I'm level 39. I have a decent stone base, access to metal weaponry, and a few tames, a trike, a stego, and some dodos. The times I've tried to leave the starting beach, i found myself killed by an annoying carno, a spino, a Thery, and the time i managed to go deeper into the island, a pack of raptors. So a few questions I ask at which point can you safely explore more or is it just a trial and error thing? Do you always lose your inventory when fast traveling? Sword greater than pike, right? And to finish this, just any kind of general tips you can share? Thanks.
1: Okay, sword greater than pike, no. Yes, well, you always lose, uh, lose your inventory when you fast travel. For exploration, the sword is be- uh, the pike is better because you can deal back. Exactly. When you're getting I- overwhelmed, you need to be able to knock something back and run away like a scared little dog.
2: I just found that with the DPS on a sword, it was just quicker.
0: It's quicker, but uh, when you're up against trudons, you need that knockback. Okay. I'll give you that. (laughs) Well, I wanted to ask you guys, because when you started playing the game, um, how quickly did you leave the beach?
1: Two and a half hours. (laughs) Uh, To be honest. I spent an hour talking with uh, Trog hidden hidden behind a rock where nothing could kill me during that time, so...
2: (laughs) I mean, I would do suicide expeditions, like running in a particular direction, but it was several in-real-life days, I think, before I left my little safe area. Mm-hmm. And even then, you know, there's some zones I just really was unfamiliar with and didn't bother to explore, like the uh, the snow biome.
0: Well, the snow biome didn't exist when the
1: game first came out. Oh, yeah, I, yeah. I was gonna say that. Although I did head straight for the great for the north, although that was largely because a guy in an eagle picked me up to give me a ride, and I actually mean give me a ride. He he came down to find me and take me to where I was gonna try to tribe.
2: <laughs> with, with the game in its current state, though, you can get a flying creature really quick and fly around. And my mm-hmm. recommendation to this commenter here is, don't do that early game. Enjoy the size of the map a little bit. Get a raptor, load up some camping supplies, and go explore. Because that's a fun experience, and you don't get to do that too much later in the game.
0: Yeah. So um I immediately got off the beach. I didn't even bother trying to build on the beach because I did not want to be building an area so exposed. I wanted an area that was you know built well a bed, hidden. Same.
1: A one hunt just to hide, a, uh, just put a bed in. I never mm-hmm. built anything on the beach. If, to yeah. me, it was obvious that that's where everyone was running
0: around. Yeah, I mean. You guys know where I built on Green Obelisk. That was my very first base because I spent a little time looking around, looking for an area that would fit what I wanted in a location for, you know, hiding a base, very small base, a land path that could be easily and more easily protected, access to water close by, things like that. So I got really lucky because I found that spot early on as I started playing. So I just immediately started building there, and like I said, I did not want to bother building on a beach exposed to everyone. That's just sheer stupidity, and it it just boggles my mind when I see so many beach huts on Actual the Actual beach basis. Yeah. It's like, you guys just want to get rated, don't you? So how long do you think it's going to take this guy? I'd say a couple of
2: real-life days. Okay, oh, he's, still yeah. in
1: that, he's still in that part of the game where you don't know, where, he, uh, where one of us had to tell him that, yes, when you uh, fast travel, you lose all your stuff. It yeah. might take him. It's going to take him a few days. Well, that's what
2: I mean. Yeah. He's got to learn the mechanics, and he's got to well, learn some of the silliness, too. Snakes, wait till you see a snake.
0: Mm-hmm. So when I was exploring, I didn't bother caring about what I found or picked up along the way. I was just trying to find a location for the base. It was when I started to... Have a permanent base of operations. When I would start uh, exploring my surrounding area more, and then finally branching out further and further until I was, you know, had a flyer, for example, to get an aerial view of what was around me.
1: I remember my first overland trip from uh from all the way up at the old Pepperidge Farm base, which was uh, north uh, of the Blue Ob, Mm -hmm. Red Ob at the time, before they changed the Ob colors. uh, All the (laughs) way back down to the uh, East One, back before it was a swamp pick up one of my friends i did it over land (laughs) i grabbed i I just grabbed a a compass a spyglass a bow arrow some uh, some stuff went off trekking through woods that i had never been through before (laughs) on foot and eventually i I got there only took me like 45 minutes a lot of that was spent hiding though you know because i couldn't really fight certain things like the rexes
0: i I was really glad i had found a location so close to green Obelisk because that was my point of reference. If I got turned around, I would just look for Green Obby and just head straight to it because my base is right next to it.
2: Yeah, that's fun when you get turned around, though.
0: I, I miss feeling that. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, I don't know where I am, and I don't know
2: where to go. Yeah. You can still get that, <laughs> but the problem is, you know, night used to be pretty good for that, but now it's a gamma.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you could always go to those 24-7 uh, nighttime fog servers. Yeah, and the nighttime try servers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, I, I love exploring on foot. It was a lot of fun. But uh, he wants to know at which point can you safely explore more. Well, you can't really exactly explore safely anymore. The game's a lot harder than it was. You got raptors that can pull you off of your mount. You got truidons that'll knock you out pretty quickly if you're not careful and observant.
2: Always have a backup plan. Mm-hmm. Assume you're going to have to rescue your body at least once.
0: Yeah, always carry like... uh at least one sleeping bag that you could try and throw down if you're being yeah. attacked and getting mm-hmm. killed. Otherwise, make a note of where the red X is on the map when you die and you respawn at your bed. So You have an idea of where you need to go to relocate your body. Though, they made it easier to find your body because if you're within the area, you've got the green pillar of light now to show you where it is.
2: Oh, man, I forgot it was, what it was like before that. Yeah. It sucked. you <laughs> chopping down bushes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> It was so bad just trying to find your body if you didn't pay attention. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, getting off of the beach is a priority. You know, when you're just playing the game and you're starting the game, just level up, learn the mechanics of the game. Don't build up until you find a good spot, and those spots are usually never on the beaches unless you're an already alpha tribe. Oh, and don't build
2: by um, default spawn
0: points. Yeah, that'll... You're in trouble with the devs,
1: and it's just not a good idea, yeah. I mean, really,
0: <laughs> just that and if you build on the beach, expect to be hit by rafts all the time. It's, that's another big reason not to build along a beach or the coast for the most part, yeah. I don't know, man. There was so many good times though, in those early days where you just build and be trying to build for the first time. Learning the mechanics, what's possible, what's not.
2: Being very disappointed when you learn what's not possible. By the way,
0: yes. (laughs) All right then. Uh, I think we'll call it a day with that. Unless there's any tips you guys have for uh, leaving the beach.
1: Honestly, just do it. Yeah. At the here's the worst thing that could happen. Oh, I uh, uh, and I mean, I'll just be honest. If he got all the way to a pike before leaving the beach, that go before you're even to metal while you're still making tools out of stuff you can punch. Because mm-hmm. what's the worst that happens? You lose all the stuff you punched for, and now you have to get more experience making more of it.
2: Yeah. You and... know, one last... Oh, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Finish your thought there before you go. Yeah,
1: go. Right, that's pretty much it. I mean, So, I, the only other thing I'd
2: say is don't make the same mistake I did and wait too long to get uh, resource harvesting dinos. You know, you don't want to mm-hmm. be stuck in a base full of dinos you can't defend, but, you know, at the same time... If you just say, "Oh, that down' is too much trouble," I'm just going to pick this stone by hand. You'll you'll just
0: never progress. Yep. Oh yeah. True. And just remember, you're you going punch to, die.
1: to uh, punch dilos to punch dilos to death. Feed them regu- uh, regular meat. It's a half an hour, and they will die instead of you if you're carrying stuff you don't want to lose.
0: <laughs> Indeed. All right. Just then. name them
1: like Red One and Red Two. That way, you won't get attached to them. That's
0: <laughs> <laughs> advice actually or cannon fodder one and two all right it is time to close out episode 97 of the archaeologist podcast thank you to our participants this week and thank you for listening to us on youtube if you have enjoyed this week's episode feel free to like and share this video and subscribe to the channel you can also leave comments or questions for us in the comment section below goodbye and stay alive survivors Hello everyone, Shondi Knight again. I just wanted to let you know that I've started up a new podcast that emphasizes on writing a book and my journey to become a self-published author. If you are interested in becoming a writer yourself or just love books in general, then check out the Knight Writer podcast and listen as I struggle to complete my first novel. We also have a Discord channel for aspiring authors and enthusiasts, which I will provide a link to. As always, thanks for listening to the Archaeologist podcast.